Hello, buddy, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the ice cube head. I got ice cubes in my drink tonight. Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all, and even play some games sometimes. Sometimes. Not tonight. Not tonight. Cosmo, what are we doing tonight? Tonight, uh, we are doing, I guess you could call it a sort of like tips and tricks episode for Game Masters, but it's it's not really that. It's much more like conceptual and zoomed out and structured. We are talking about the idea of encounters in pen and paper role-playing games. Encounters. Well, I think, you know, logical place to start is uh, what is an encounter? Of mm-hmm. course, uh, we will talk about that. Uh, turns out everything can be an encounter. Yeah. We will get to that, though. Uh, we'll also talk about using encounters to build your adventure or organize your adventure. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some types of encounters and how to implement them. So, let's just dive into this idea. First bit, what is an encounter? An encounter is anything where your players are interacting with the world, basically. And that's why we say, you know, what is an encounter at the beginning there? Well, anything can be. An encounter is an interaction between players and the game world. So, why should everything be an encounter? Well, we think it should be, uh, right? So they add structure to the story. Uh, It keeps player engagement, right? Because encounters are the thing that the player interacts with. That's player interaction. Right. So we said an encounter is when players are interacting with something in the world. That's an encounter. Interact is a key word there. If they're interacting with something, then they're playing. They're engaged. Right. That's why everything should be an encounter. It's because that's where the players get to do their stuff. That's where they get to play. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So if it's not an encounter, if it's not interactive... Then it's then it's narrative, plain and simple. Yeah, in, in our minds and narration, narration on the part of the game master, um, meaning that you know, like if the players aren't actively engaged in doing something, then you are narrating something to briefly like move them along to the next thing. If they're traveling or whatever, maybe your you know your session today is built up of them just like traveling for a day between two towns. The encounters are the things that happen to them along the way. Well, in between those encounters, you just, you know, briefly narrate that they are walking or whatever. Or maybe there are no encounters in between point A and point B. So then all you should, you know, you can spice it up a little bit. You don't have to be like, you guys walk 20 miles to the next town. You know, you could be like, uh, you're walking and you guys make camp for the night and it's kind of spooky because there's some noises, but nothing jumps out of the bush at you. Yeah. So you make it safely. You know, it can also be narration or the narrative can also be as simple as just like, oh, and then a snake shows up. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, kind of a little flat, but like now you're in an encounter, right? Yeah. And that's the string of narration. Now there's a snake. That's an encounter. What are your players going to do? Is it, you know, is it a scary snake? Is it hostile? Are they going to run away? Are they going to fight it? Maybe they try to make friends. Yeah. Now they're in an encounter. And, you know, your little bit of narration, you guys were walking and a snake showed up. Mm-hmm. 
Right? That's so the string that like strings it all along together. The players walked and a snake showed up. That stuff already happens. Narration right. is is history. It's you know the narrative is non-active, where the encounters are active and present. So you guys walked twenty miles and a snake showed up. Boom! Now you're an encounter. What does the snake do? Maybe the snake takes a aggressive position. Mm. Right? Initiative players. So that's the idea. The description, I guess, and, you know, when we say encounter, you could probably look up a bunch of stuff and find different definitions. What we're talking about is the encounter, the idea of an encounter as a building block for your adventure. A series of encounters that makes up your role-playing session. Multiple sessions makes up the whole adventure, the whole campaign, whatever. The basic building block of the whole thing is an encounter. A bit of gameplay where the players are interacting with something in the world and then a little bit of narrative move them on to the next one right and like uh you know poor poor uh um analogy would be like encounters are the meat of the sandwich the narration is the bread that holds the meat together mm -hmm. right so using that to keep that in your mind i guess you know it's a pretty bad one it's pretty white bread if you get my joke. Because of a sandwich. Sandwiches. I'm hungry. <laughs> All right. So they encounter. We now you know what we're talking about when you say encounters. Mm. Like Gazo said, they are like the base building block. Right. You can't get smaller than an encounter. So how do you use those to organize? Well, we have a couple. Uh, different kind of, I guess, ways to do that, ways mm -hmm. to organize your encounters. Uh, one of them that we've had success with is in linear fashion, right? Linear in a line, right? For all those non-math nerds. <laughs> Meaning that, uh, you know, you have, some, you, you have some encounters as the game master. You've crafted some encounters, and you know that they happen in this order. So, you know, like the player's... The first encounter is they start in a tavern, and the second encounter is, you know, they uh, talk to someone who gives them their job. And then the third encounter is they go from there to, you know, whatever. Um, linear doesn't necessarily mean like a hard railroading where there is no, sure. um, where there is no deviation from this one single linear path, but linear does mean that you know what comes after each thing. And they right. can be branching paths... But you start from a place, you... Uh... And it also doesn't necessarily, you know, turn to... Let's go back to the railroading thing. Like, you definitely don't need to have, like, okay, uh, they're going to fight a snake, then two bandits, then another snake, then three snakes. You know, like, don't necessarily need to do that. Right. Right? But just, like, okay, so they're going to start in a bar... Yeah, you know, tavern, you know, right? linearly, the party begins in the tavern. That's where the quest right. starts, so and then the next thing is like something happens to them on that the road. That tavern or is their first encounter. Navigating the tavern, do they go up to the barkeep mm -hmm. or the innkeep? Uh, do they sit by the fire? Do they sit in the corner? That's an encounter. So you know that comes first. Then what comes after is they're going to get a mission. Either they talk to the person first or the person talks to them. Yeah. That might be left up to, like, you know, the choices the players make, you know, branching paths. Either way, they come to 
Now we got a mission, so we leave the tavern. We go on the road. Okay, then they fight the bandits. Yeah. And well, not necessarily even fight. Yeah. They encounter they yeah, bandits. they you encounter some bandits on the road and that's that's the point of the encounter. We're going to talk about the different types of encounters, how you want to run them uh in a little bit here, but that mm-hmm. is that is pretty key. So if you have it, you know, linearly planned out that they're going to leave on the road and after a little bit of time of them walking, they're going to there's going to be some bandits. That's not necessarily they're going to fight the bandits, but there's an encounter with bandits. Mm-hmm. What your players do, well, it might surprise you. I don't know. Right. But they don't necessarily have to fight them. You just know there is an encounter. The encounter mm-hmm. is they meet some bandits on the road. Right. But they can't meet the bandits on the road without first doing the tavern. Right. Linear. Yeah. And maybe there's a fork in the road. And, you know, like one fork in the road is where the bandits are and the other fork in the road is uh, a forest where it's hard for them to navigate. And the encounter there is them having to, you know, roll to keep their bearings, to navigate through the confusing woods or something. That's still linear. It's branching paths. But the point is that you have it kind of mapped out so that you know what happens after what. And if they go in different directions, well, then you're down this path now. But it's still um, linear encounters following after encounters in the prescribed order that you've come up with. Another example or Mm -hmm. another way to organize is like a sandbox. Um, Hopefully you understand that term, uh, Mm -hmm. fellow gamers. But um, so taking this, you know, tavern road example... To a sandbox. Uh, so they start outside the tavern. Mm-hmm. They already, maybe they already have their mission, maybe they don't. But there's a choice. They could do the tavern, or they could go on the road and clear the bandits. And that's not necessarily the players don't know those are the two options. Right, but they could make the choice to like, oh, well, we're going to go down mm-hmm. this road. Right, so they go down the road. They meet the bandits. They solve that encounter by killing them or talking their way out of it or paying a bribe or whatever. And then maybe after that, they're like, maybe we shouldn't continue down this road. Maybe we should go back to the tavern because, mm-hmm. like, maybe we did fight and, like, got a little bumped up. So, like, let's go have a drink instead. They go back to the tavern. That tavern encounter is still there for right. them to have. And you still know what it is. The idea of the sandbox is... Um, your players, you know, you put them, you put them in a sandbox. That's the name. Uh, and you know, maybe you give them a map. Um, we talked about maps uh, last time in our handouts episode. Maybe you give the players a map of the area they're in, right? And you're like, okay, you're starting here. And your players are like, oh well, we want to go. Uh, we want to go look at this uh, this tower over here on the map. So that's what they decide to do. You. As the game master, you know in your notes or in a you know a list or something, you know what encounters are along the road between them and the tower, and you know what happens at the tower. They don't know that, but you've you know prepared that stuff mm-hmm. or prepared at least like some of that stuff, and you give them the sandbox freedom to you know go to the tower or go to the forest or whatever in whatever order they want to do it whatever their mission is you know 
maybe it's to like find fragments of something and put it all together. They don't know where everything is. Right. They can you know, go find those things in any. That's order. a perfect uh, quest to have a sandbox in. Is you need to go find the six fragments of whatever. Yeah, broken sword. It's great fantasy. Right. Word. You have and like you can throw in. If you want to get real into it, you can throw in some some like red herrings, I guess, locations, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to find six fragments, and there's ten locations like on this big map, right? There's like a tower in the mountains. There's a dark, spooky forest. There's an underground cave system. There's a river or a lake or what, right? There will be pieces of that sword in most of them, mm-hmm. or maybe all of them. Maybe there's only six locations. The order that the players go to them can be, it could be in any order. It doesn't matter that they go to the tower and then the cave, right? And then, you know, if you want to get super, like, spicy and good, like, you know, think of, think uh, as a game master, think of, like, some ways to connect them. Like, oh, if, well, they go to the tower first and then the cave, the cave encounter is going to be a little different because of what they did at the tower or you know vice versa maybe if you go to the cave and scare away the monster it goes and sits on top of the tower then you have to fight it again and that you know that takes some planning that takes Hmm. some uh you know either some diligent note-taking or some well it can also be holding stuff in your mind or on the fly you could just make stuff up you know oh maybe like the monster ran away because it was getting creamed by the players so like Oh, you know what's fun is I'm just gonna you know remember that the monster ran away. So uh, the next location they go to, the monster's gonna be there again. Right. Right. And because maybe they really wanted to kill the monster. I don't know. And yeah, the point is you know whatever they do in whatever direction they go or whatever order they do things in, their experience of exploring this map and finding the things that is their mission, it's tied together by a series of encounters. And, you know, those encounters happen at specific locations or they might happen to them along the way somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the gameplay is made up of encounters. Right. What's, what's also important in the sandbox, um, well, I think it's important, is uh, locations can have multiple encounters, right? So, like, the mm-hmm. cave and the tower, there could be traps at the tower. There could be more monsters in the cave. But, like, you know, there's... There's little bits that you plan on. They're like, okay, they're going to run into some traps. Where they run into them, maybe it doesn't matter. They're going to run into this like deadfall at the tower, the forest, or the lake. They're not going to run into it in the caves because, you know, that doesn't make any sense. But, like, I know that I want my players to encounter a deadfall trap. Mm-hmm. That could be at any of the locations. It could be at all of the locations. Yeah. Could be anywhere. Should just make sense, I guess. Like, right. It, it should just make sense for wherever they are. And the whole thing comes together cohesively to, you know, make up your entire session or adventure mm-hmm. or whatever. It's still... If you break it down to, like, the smallest level, it's encounters of various types and various lengths strung together by little pieces of narration. You know, you guys walk through the forest. You guys make your camp. So, 
when how they appear, uh, right? They can appear in a linear fashion. It can be a sandbox where it doesn't matter the the order, uh, and then like also random tables fit into there or fit into both. Like you can do random stuff mm-hmm. in a linear like encounter outline. You can also throw in some random stuff. Uh, so uh, I was trying to do a segue. I kind of biffed it, but like <laughs> it's okay. We're talking about random encounters yeah. now. Now we're talking about yeah using like tables to randomly generate what happens to your players, what they encounter, and I think the uh, the example of travel is a good one, and we can talk about that for a second, then get into some other places where you use it. But travel is easy to explain. Um, in in either the linear or the sandbox example, your party is probably going to like travel from one place to another at some point in the adventure. And a real easy way to turn what is, you know, what would otherwise be just like a boring description of them walking into gameplay is to roll on a table and have that table be like, well, these are some things that could happen to them while they're just walking on the trail and you roll on the table and it's like, Oh, they're uh, one of their backpack straps breaks. Super simple encounter. Now they have to deal with that. Maybe it adds some time to their journey or whatever. Um, Maybe they lose some of their items. Yeah. Another one could be like the bandit thing. Maybe you don't know where the bandits are, but maybe there's always a chance for them to get jumped by bandits when they're traveling. And, you know, if that does happen, that's an encounter. How are they going to deal with the bandits? I would be cautious, though, uh, game masters out there. Don't stock, like, don't pad your traveling with random encounters just because, like, you feel like, oh, I need to keep the players engaged. It might be more engaging if you just spend six sentences describing their journey and then moving on to something more meaningful. Yeah. Right? Instead of spending... Because, like, combat is the time sink of all pen and paper role-playing games. Like, that's where you're going to spend the, the most time. And, you know, funnily enough, that's where the least time in-game happens, right? You know, a single combat could last two minutes in-game, but in the real world, it takes an hour. Yeah, and that's... That's pretty universal. Um, some so, some systems are quicker about that. Some systems, you know, are more crunchy and take longer to resolve. But generally speaking, you're like the fight lasts a few seconds, couple minutes. That's where you're going to spend the majority of your play time. So yeah, so, so like be wary about giving them too much of that stuff. So if you want to set the scene that like your players are traveling to go take down like a boss, uh, you know, maybe it's a. Uh, I don't know. Necromancer, right? So they're traveling to the necromancer's castle in the mountains. They go through a forest. Well, what attacks them in the forest? Uh, is it a giant wolf? Is it uh, another spider? Another snake? Is it a spider? Is it bandits? It could be any of those. You could roll on a random table for the result. Like, which one do they fight? It's going to be a different fight. But whatever they fight, it's going to be like a thrall of the necromancer. Mm. Boom. That adds 
that adds, I think that adds a lot. You know, it says that oh, the journey is dangerous. You're in danger, but also the necromancer is the one trying to kill you. It's not just oh, I ran into some random bandits and wasted an hour fighting them. It's these bandits were going to try to kill me. There was no like talking out of it. Yeah. So like, just because they're random, they should still fit. Yeah, they should, they should be... still fit. Now, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is just because they're random. It should still fit the setting. And be wary of, um, you know, reiterating again the idea that, like, the encounter, however long it takes, whether it's combat or something else, that's the, like, basic building block of the RPG experience. Don't don't have encounters in your game that don't serve anything. Be wary of padding out your, uh, your, the, your, your player's experience traveling across your, your map. Be wary of padding that out with a ton of encounters that don't add anything or don't mean anything and just take time. And uh, something else I would say on on the idea of you know like random encounters on the way to the uh, to the necromancer's castle, random encounters in different places should probably be different. Dane, sure. Dane talked about you know like what are some random encounters for things you might fight in a forest. Gave a couple examples. Um, probably don't use that random encounter table when they're like sneaking around the necromancer's castle or climbing the mountain, right? Right. If they're in the castle, don't roll a bunch of stuff from the forest. Have a separate little table of like traps and stuff. Right. I and, mean, and like sometimes a uh, spider, spider could be used in both. Spider could you be could in use, both. Yeah. You could use, but like maybe a wolf mm-hmm. that doesn't belong in a castle, really. Wolf's like, probably right? not in the castle. Right. Maybe it's a a, a pit trap mm. instead. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the idea. Using encounters to organize your adventure. You can do it linearly. There can be multiple branching linear paths. You can uh, you can just have, like, a list of all the encounters and where they are and let them freely explore a sandbox. And then when they go to a certain place, you know what encounters to give them. Or you can create a series of random encounters that just fit with the setting and fit with the world. Right, so like random as in you don't necessarily know as the game Which master. Which thing is going to happen. you roll for a table. Yeah. But like they are not random as in like it's not like, oh, I'm fighting necromancer skeletons and then all of a sudden a dragon shows up. Right. right? Random as in like what are the things that could happen while you travel? What are the yeah. things that might be in what the forest? What makes sense. Right, you know, and so I guess you know the 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 point that we're we're trying to make is uh, gameplay is best when it's composed of a series of encounters strung together by pieces of narrative. Yeah. Right. So the random encounters make sense because of the narrative. You're traveling to the necromancer's castle, so you're dealing with stuff happens to you shit. along the way. It fits what you're doing. Yeah. Right, so like you know, that's why everything should be an encounter, and if it's not an encounter, then it's narrative, because it's it's making the sandwich. Yeah. So that's the organizational aspect of this: how to use the idea of an encounter as a building block to build your adventures. Now we're going to talk about uh, types of encounters and essentially and just a like bit how about to, how to run them, how to make everything an encounter, right? Yeah. We said that you should do it, and if you still... Everything should be an encounter, you know, well, how? you got questions, here's yeah. the answers. So, 
first thing, little caveat, and <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna like we're we're gonna backpedal as soon as we say it. Yep. But uh, in a sense, there's no like really hard, firm way to define encounter types because anything can go in any direction with good role playing games. One pretty common encounter is combat versus non-combat. Usually RPG systems have a specific like way of dealing with a combat encounter. There's a specific turn order and the actions that you can do are limited mm-hmm. because you're in combat. But that's also reductive because, you know, some things could sort of run like a combat encounter, but maybe you're not actually fighting or and also in most systems like combat is separated by like getting into combat. Like so like rolling for initiative or Something like that where it separates, oh, now we be fighting. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think, you know, there's not everything that turns into a combat encounter starts as a combat encounter. Like, not all combat starts with getting ambushed. Right. And something that is maybe meant to be a combat encounter could easily turn into... An ambush could easily be walked back like oh these guys these guys come out of the bushes at you and they're like you know they got their spears right up against you and you're like want to share our fire yeah maybe and you then boom diffused talk your way and, out of that or maybe you just run away and then it's not a combat encounter anymore even though that was kind of what it was meant to be now it's just like a role to run faster yeah. than them mm-hmm. and that's different you wouldn't handle that the same way so so we can't just separate them into yeah. combat encounters and non-combat encounters. Even though that's an easy thing, that just leaves so much on the one side. That's like combat, sure, and then everything else. So let me reiterate again before we before we backpedal and do actually talk about some different types. It is hard to firmly define different types of encounters because stuff can go in any direction. And players were always uh, surprised GMs with their creativity and sometimes stupidity. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be honest. Sometimes they'd say, I'm going to do this, and you're just like, why? Yeah, on, why, why on earth like, would you do that? What the fuck and made you think that was a good idea? Stuff you haven't planned for. And we're going to talk about that. So... All that being said, encounters can be divided into some types by the results of what happens. We talked about how the ambush, which on its face is probably going to be a combat encounter, could take a couple of turns and become something different. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just a simple conversation could become a combat because you say something wrong. Yeah, you say something mean. Now you got a knife in your face. That's fighting words. Now, what was a conversation is a comment, whatever. But right. so these are the three sort of uh, broad, broad categories well, that we've divided encounters they, into. We, we categorize them in terms of like what's uh, what the player actions are. Yeah. Right? So like not necessarily what you design right. as the game master, but what the players end up doing. Yeah. Right. So. Encounters, there could be like conversational interpersonal encounters, mm. right? And that could they could start so many ways, can't even list them all. Like an ambush, ambush could start with like, oh, it's going to be a combat. Tell your players start talking to them. Right. So that's our first thing: conversation, interpersonal. 
that's when uh, you know that's when there's multiple characters in the scene, and they are interacting with each other. You know, where they're using their right. words, or maybe not their words. Maybe they're you know maybe they don't speak the same language, but they're still communicating. Um, they're interacting with each other uh, in an interpersonal way, and it's not always NPCs and players. You can have a like encounter player against player, like you know we do several times just because you know some of our player base they get confrontational and whatever. So like they're like my character tries to dominate you. Yeah. Like I'm gonna roll a charisma roll. I'm trying to intimidate what them I say. into like being the alpha of this party. And that's interesting because it becomes a thing well like how are you saying that? What do you say to the other character? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh roll to see if that works. And now you're rolling against their stat. You're rolling with whatever you're intimidating with against whatever they're resisting the intimidation with. Mm. And then if you win, you're like, yeah, I, you know, he's scared of me. I dominated him. He has to do what I say now in the context of the game. That feeds really well into roleplay when, you know, like the game master tells you your character, oh, you're scared of him. You're inclined to do what he says. You have to do it. Because that worked. Um, like, as a player, I know you don't want to because you just did, like, a power move and you hate it. Yeah. But you your, actually Your have character to. has been, you know, dominated you know, by the other character. You know, roll better dice next time or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's that can be really fun. Or it could be as simple as, you know, like, the conversation a player character has with the bartender. Right. And like, oh, I order a beer and I go to my table. You know, or Little maybe, interpersonal encounter. Maybe they try to get a discount. Yeah. You know, like, oh. A little charm my, roll. or uh, my wink. Yeah. I wink at him. And the bartender's like, no, nah, it doesn't fly here, pal. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, trying to get information out of an informant or, you know, uh, an enemy, like, after the combat happens. Mm -hmm. You know, who do you work for? That classic type of, you know, interrogation. That's uh, still an encounter. It's now an interpersonal encounter. Yeah. Right? Because you're rolling for charisma checks or, you know, intimidation or whatever. And that, let me reiterate, I guess. So, that is a type of encounter conversation interpersonal encounter uh when we say type we are classifying it based on what happens not what you intended to happen or what you you know like you as the game master brought to the table yeah it could be an encounter with like a villainous bad guy knight or you know uh like a member of the enemy faction Mm. whatever the encounter could be like they met them it becomes a conversation interpersonal type of encounter when your players make that decision yeah. and decide to do that. Usually, I mean, like, you know, saying that, that's probably not going to come up too much. Probably what's going to come up the most is you mean it to be like a conversation yeah. and then your players attack. And your players turn it into a fight. Because that's that's the most, in my experience, that's usually what happens. Oh, let's just have a conversation. I punch him. It's like, okay. Well, I guess, shit, I guess. I guess we're fighting. We punching. We do be punching. So, great segue into the next one. Into combat. And combat adjacent. It's a combat encounter when you introduce a character and one of your players is like, I punch him. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? Now it's combat. Right. And Because that, that NPC is not going to be like, 
oh, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, I just got hit in the face. Okay, knives are coming out. Well, yeah, out. now we're fighting. And we say combat. So uh, there could be a gunfight, a sword fight, uh, you know, whatever, a tavern brawl. It could also be some, like, combat-adjacent type mm-hmm. stuff. And generally what this means is you're using uh, whatever game system you're playing. You're using the specific, like, turn order rules and action numbers and stuff that are dictated by the combat system. Even if you're not actually fighting, maybe you're, uh, you know, just sneaking. It's a stealth segment. Um, and so like at the beginning of every turn, you roll to maintain your stealth and then you have, you know, your actions, which are, which dictate how far you can move. And, you know, are you going to try and do something? Are you going to try and like turn off the camera or some shit? You might run that like a combat encounter in terms mm-hmm. of the turns that you do. Right. You might so like take player, turns player moving goes them first around. Yeah. to move a couple steps. Then uh, NPC, the guard moves. NPC moves a little bit. Then the player moves. Then the guard, yeah. right? You know, that kind of thing. You might run that in a combat esque turn order mm-hmm. in order to just like, you know, keep everything organized and on, on task and moving in the direction you want it to move. But the point is like that begins, that could have been a straight-up fight. That could have been a conversation with the guard. But what your players did is they turned it into sort of a combat-adjacent encounter by choosing to stealth, mm. choosing to sneak in. Right. And another, I don't know why I thought of this, but I think it's hilarious, and also it is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, castle Crashers, when you're fighting uh, in the desert... And then all of a sudden it turns into a volleyball game. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that's like that's combat adjacent. So like maybe it is a volleyball game like that where you guys are now playing volleyball. Yeah. Your players get a turn, right? So like player A gets a turn. Like, oh, it's your round. Right. But in the turn order of combat, enemy A would also or enemy A would be after player A. So player A goes, then enemy A goes, then player B. B and C go, and then enemy B goes, right? So combat adjacent is just using the structure of combat in not necessarily a combat situation. But it still follows turn order and, like, initiative and, like, you know, the same kind of... the same kind of roles that would be in yeah. combat. Um, so that's the, that's the second one. And then the third one that we have in our... Categories. Division, which is very broad and nebulous, but you know. And the third one we have is the uh, the obstacle or some sort of ability test. And what we mean by this is, you know, when when a character uh, when your characters come up on like a physical obstacle, like a tree falls across the path, or they need to climb down a cliff, or Maybe there's a, uh, a trap to be disarmed or a computer to be hacked or something. This is when your characters are using their stats against something else. And not like another character. Yeah, not another character, right. not the in a combat sense. They're, they're using, or they're trying to roll against the environment. Like getting over a tree fall or climbing down a cliff or, you know, avoiding a trap. Yeah, and... It would still be this kind of encounter if they're like walking down the uh, walking down the passage of the necromancer's castle, and the trap just like comes out and hit them. 
that's still the same thing. Or if they're like walking and, you know, they ask you like, hey, uh, what do I see? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, give me a perception roll. And then, you know, do they or do they not notice? Maybe they notice the, the pressure plate yeah. on the ground. That's that's this type of encounter. Or, you know, like to and, climb and something. You can also, in that type, right, walking down the necromancer's uh, passage or walking in the necromancer's castle, uh, maybe you force them and are like, okay, everybody roll me a perception. And then if you don't beat it, you get trapped. Uh, right? So there's this, the encounter is still there, right? But just because it wasn't player initiated doesn't mean you got to like forget about it and like find something else. As a game master, you know, traps are yeah, it the still best happens. example of that is... You know, I, I love, I love, it's kind of actually like, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of bad, but I love the like terror I can see sometimes when like, oh, the play's just going, I'm like, stop, give me yeah. a perception. Give roll. me a this roll. Like the player's like, fuck. Fuck, what's going to happen? I hope I make it. Yeah. Because. I hope I see good. I hope my perception good. something bad is right around the corner. And like, yeah, don't step on a spike or some shit. <laughs> that I didn't see was there. I do I do love that as the game master power. It's just like Nope. Hold on. Hang on. Do this first. Roll me this. Yeah. And, and then, then we'll see what happens. Yeah, always fun. Um another distinction that I want to make here. So uh when we say like this third category, third and final category is like obstacles and ability tests. Um the obstacle doesn't necessarily have to be well, okay, so, like, the definition of obstacle in this sense can get very nebulous. The obstacle could be something like succeed in crafting something. Sure. You could, you know, like, maybe your party got in trouble because, you know, you broke a window. and Or healing. Maybe trying to healing, heal. Healing is, yeah, something like that. But I was thinking, like, you break a window and you have to fix it for the guy. So you have to do a series of rolls of, like... You know, nailing together a new a new wooden window frame and then, like, setting the glass. That could be a series of rolls that you make your players do in order to, you know, like, succeed in making a quality window for the person whose window you broke. And if you do, then great. Or if you don't, you know, what happens after that? That's, you know, that's up to you. But the idea... Of, like, obstacles and ability tests. It doesn't just have to be stuff that happens, you know, when they're on the road, when they're on the trail. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, like, roll to, like, paint a good painting. Well, and also, like, uh, you know, this one is where, like, you gotta kinda uh, improvise as a game master. Um, For example, uh, you're in an inn, or the players are in an inn, and uh, there's a locked door. Um, which means don't go in there, right, to mm-hmm. everybody else. But your players are like, well, I want to see what's behind the door. Yeah. So know. they're like going to try to break it or lockpick it or like go find the key. You know, boom, encounter obstacle. Yeah. Not one you necessarily had planned for because like you locked that door because it's just like it leads into the larder. Yeah. There's and, just like, nothing there. You guys were supposed to go upstairs and find the dead body. That's not why I locked into the, the door, and they're like, "Oh, but if it's locked, I don't know." So, yeah, and that actually, so that leads us into our next thing. Um, 
why discuss these three sort of archetypes of what encounters are? Why, why would we, like, bother to delineate different types of encounters if there aren't really types of encounters and every type can go in any direction? Right. Well, they're all freaking uh, ambiguous. Yeah. Why, why bother? bother? Ah, jinx. It's because holding this stuff in your mind helps to, uh, you know, helps you run the game to hold in your mind the idea that there are multiple solutions to, you know, anything that might come up. Dane just gave the example of like, oh, well, they find a locked door. And maybe all you meant was for that door to be locked as just like, don't go this way, (laughs) go to the other way. Dollars to donuts, they try to get through that door, though. And so then, like, think about what that door is. Now suddenly that door is an encounter, and they could physically break it. They could lockpick it with tools and finesse. They could maybe magic it open somehow. They could... uh, Steal a key. They could steal a key. They could sneak around and, like, you know, sneak their way in somehow. They could kidnap the bartender and make (laughs) him do it. And be like, hey, we'll stab you if you don't open it and let us in. You don't know what your players are going to do. And it is impossible to plan for everything that could happen in a situation like that. So... The reason why we say there aren't really like clear types of encounters, but we told you three kind of types broad of types of encounters that you can sort of categorize things into, uh, is because if you hold that in your mind and you're like, well, whatever comes up, whether it be you know they meet somebody on the road or it's a locked door or it's a trap that they haven't seen yet, There are going to be multiple ways for them to overcome it. Ways you probably haven't thought of yet. And just because you haven't seen what direction they're going to go yet is no reason to, you know, not do the encounter or to deny your players anything. Just keep in mind that it could go in any direction. And when they see something, especially something like the locked door (laughs) that you didn't expect them to deal with, you didn't expect them to be interested in that. They weren't supposed to be interested in that, but now it's a thing. They're having an encounter with a locked door. Think of all the ways um, and also, that it could go. Also, think about how important it is, right? Yeah. So, like, in the locked door example that just leads to the pantry when, like, they're actually supposed to go upstairs. So, maybe the locked door is just a stuck door. Yeah, and now they open it and it's like, so they, oh, it's just the pantry. They try again yeah. and... All they needed was not a one. Like, they didn't need a critical failure. And then they open it and like, okay, I guess there was nothing behind that door. Then they get back on Now track. we refocus on the objective, right. the so main like, reason that they're doing whatever they're yeah, doing. Yeah, as a game master, you didn't plan. You didn't come up with, like, a difficulty level for this door. Well, does it matter? Uh, no, it doesn't. So then just give it to them for free so they can get back on track because... You're supposed to go upstairs. There's blood on the stairs, you fucking players. Yeah. Because they will do that to you. And, yeah, so that's the upshot of the whole thing. When you design encounters, consider multiple outcomes and player creativity. Let them tell you what the encounter is. Right. And then be like, okay, you guys are going in this direction. Now I'll, like, set the difficulty, figure mm-hmm. out what it is. Yeah. Um, and... Get think of at least think of you don't necessarily need to plan yeah because don't, you can't plan for everything yeah don't plan for every encounter but, but you should think of multiple solutions like what if they don't what if this guy who wants to talk what if they just punch him yeah 
Okay, uh, what if the guy who attacks, what if they try to talk him down? Uh, you know, just at least think about it, because then if you just have your, you know, your back burners working on that kind of stuff, uh, I find when I'm game mastering, it's much easier to improv mm -hmm. if I've, like, already thought of the possible, like, what if they don't? Okay. Yeah. Okay, they did Well, then, you know, uh, this. Yeah. Boom. Much easier to think of than, like, Oh, well, I had this whole page of stuff if you did, but you didn't. So, like, now I'm kind of bummed out. Yeah. And you wasted your time over developing that. So, design encounters, consider multiple outcomes, consider the directions your player could take them. And be wary of designing something that only has one solution. That usually ends up being not as fun. There, is, there are exceptions to this. If you have a monster that they just are going to fight and there is no, you know, alternative to that, that's not such a big deal. But, um, well, like, let me, let me on. tell this. I got one. Okay. So you're in, you're in, um, a, a castle. Maybe it's Necromancer's castle, which apparently we just can't yeah. get off. Apparently of we're doing that. <laughs> uh, there is. There is a locked door, and it's like a beautiful, like, bejeweled door, and it has this weird, intricate lock. And, like, there is no way through that door besides, like, getting the pieces of the key or whatever, because behind that door maybe is, like, the magic arrow that kills the necromancer in one shot, right? So that obstacle, that encounter of the door having only one solution, that's okay, because... Like getting that breaks the, or, you know, it guarantees a win, right. right? So like, and finding out about it only, only if you've gone down to the dungeons and gone up to the rookery and like gone into the ballroom and picked up the pieces you needed to. Only then can you open this door. I think that's an acceptable one solution encounter. I yeah, I would agree with that. Um, don't make it one solution don't have say your players like come back to town after they've been you know like out carousing getting up to new good and then they find out like there's a bounty on them and they're going to be arrested and all the town guard come out and they're like hey put down your weapons uh you're arrested we're taking you to jail don't do something like that if what has to happen next in the story is the party goes to jail because they won't do it. They're probably not going to want to go to jail. <laughs> they won't put down their weapons. Even if you telegraph that really hard, they'll be like, well, shit, they might think it's just a hard encounter right. for them to find a way out of. So you narrate it. Yeah. You say that the guards surround the inn and then... They put their weapons down. You yeah. don't give them the. You don't give choice. them the option if that's what needs to happen. If that's the next chapter of the story, is they get arrested by the guards, and so that the next session is an escape from prison session, which is cool, fun. If that's what needs to happen, just make that happen because Narrated. a single solution encounter, your players will almost never thread that needle. Especially if it's, like, the thing you want them to do and you try and telegraph it, they'll be like, well, that telegraph isn't a telegraph. It's a challenge for me to escape it's some other way or something. challenge. And that's what you <laughs> don't want if there is something coming up that needs to happen. Right. Because, like, you have this whole cool prison break plan. How do you get them in prison? 
The answer is you put them in prison. Yeah, you just say... Because they will not go. You guys get arrested, you're in prison now. Because otherwise they'll fight the whole town to yeah. the death. And, and they will die yeah. on that hill. <laughs> Seen it happen. Can <laughs> confirm. So, uh, I think that about does it for yeah, this that about does it. episode about encounters. Encounters. Right, so what did we learn here, huh? Well, we talked about what is an encounter. Probably should be everything in your game. An encounter is the basic building block of a role-playing experience. We talked about using encounters, how to use those little Lego bricks uh, to build and organize the story of your adventure. We talked about a couple different ways to do that, different mm. structures. Right. Uh, they should be strung together with narrative. Mm-hmm. You narrate what happens in between your little building blocks. And then right? you let it's players the, interact. It's the glue that holds the thing together. Wait, what is the the, the bread that holds the meat inside in the sandwich? In the sandwich. Nailed it. And then we talked about types of encounters. We talked about how types of encounters are kind of hard to define, and they're mostly defined by the what your players choose to go with. Your players' actions. Uh, do they start talking? Yeah. Do uh, they fight? Do they start fighting? And, like, are they fighting the environment, essentially? They're rolling against the yeah. environment or, you know, arbitrary, like the the uh, making a new window. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just an arbitrary... Is, is it a challenge that they just need to overcome? Um, but, yeah. So, right. hopefully... And, you know, hold those in your mind. They should uh, add... Um, they should make your encounters better. Right, if you hold, oh, now this is a talking conversation, or this is a talking encounter, you can guess a little bit more where your players are trying to take it, yeah. and you can help them along. So, uh, yeah, that's that was the point of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is Hopefully that helps you. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you didn't have that idea, but maybe thinking about it in those terms helps you structure your adventures and helps you run, uh, you know, more fun role-playing. That's that's the whole point. Having fun, playing a game. Well, I think that, that about does it. That does it uh, for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Yes. Be sure to check us out on our website at two hgm dot com. You can contact us there. Uh, we have our email address and our Twitter at two hgm podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also our Patreon. Patreon. Check out that. If you like what we do, want to pay us to do it, hey. Hey. Also, at 2HGM.com, you can find the Eclipse Engine, our free and easy-to-use role-playing system, all original made up by us, uh, along with character sheets, everything you need to download for free, say it again, and start playing. Um, so join us next time for another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. And thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of their song, Pond Hill's Finest, as the intro and outro for our show. And we will see you next time. See you next time.